Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Welcome to the December edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I hope that your December is going well. I know this can always be a busy time of the month. Thank you for stopping in and listening or watching. This month, we're going to be talking about the power of touch. In our post-pandemic world, we, well, in the pandemic, we had social distancing. We had people wearing masks. We had, uh, we were not to touch. We, if you remember, we did the elbow fist bump, elbow bump, um, in place of handshakes and, and, and people were kind of, uh, touch phobia, uh, for a quite a long season. And I've seen those things linger over. And social distancing has reminded us what a crucial role that physical touch plays in our well-being. And psychologists actually have actually come up with the term for the feelings of deprivation and abandonment that they are calling skin hunger that people are wanting that that skin-to-skin contact. And research actually validates that touch is truly fundamental to our human communication, to bonding, and health. And they have found that through touch, that one of the 12 cranial nerves that's called the vagus nerve, this is those nerves that start in the brain, that the vagus, vagus, vagus nerve helps slow down the central nervous system and putting your body in more of a resting state, which helps lower the stress hormone cortisol. It can also increase natural killer cells, which can strengthen the immune system all through the power of touch. And something else happens when you touch another person. They have found that your levels of serotonin, a neurotransmitter that basically acts as the body's natural antidepressant and pain reliever, that that increases when you're receiving that skin-to-skin contact. In addition to lowering cortisol and boosting serotonin, touch can also increase the hormone known as oxytocin or it's commonly referred to as the love hormone. It's the bonding hormone. It has to do with our sense of trust and attachment. And so our culture has become touch phobic, but there is such a powerful scientific proven connection that happens. And then we also know that there is a supernatural connection that takes place when we touch one another. And touch has literally been defined as another language by which to communicate. Back in 2009, they did a study and they found that participants were able to communicate eight distinct emotions of anger, fear, disgust, love, gratitude, sympathy, happiness, and sadness through touch with some of those as accuracy rates as high as 78%, that there's a wall, they put the arm through, and the person is supposed to touch them and convey these different emotions. Well, here in the church world, we were pretty good at the customary handshake. 
And our goal is to go beyond that. To the I call it the turtle. It's we're in our shell and we extend our arm out of our shell and we 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 touch hand to hand and then we pull back. And we have found that that people have become somewhat numb or don't get the same results from the skin to skin contact of just a generic handshake. And so as we look forward, more recent studies have found that seemingly insignificant touches yield bigger tips for waitresses, that people shop and buy more if they're touched by the store greeter, and that strangers are more likely to help someone if a touch accompanies the request. Lots of times in these studies, people don't even remember being touched. They just feel there was a connection. They feel that they uh, liked the person more. And so what is the power that a godly hug could do of a godly transfer in in our churches? In 2010, they did another study on the subject of touch, and they found that students who received a supportive touch on the back or arm from a teacher were nearly twice as likely to volunteer in class as those who did not. A sympathetic touch from a doctor leaves people with the impression that the visit lasted twice as long compared with estimates from people who were untouched. A warm touch sets seems to set off the release of oxytocin, a hormone that creates the sensation of trust, and it helps reduce levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Couples who touch more are reporting more satisfaction in the relationship. And uh, the journal Emotion found that NBA teams with players that had more physical interaction, fist bumps, high fives, hugs, and team huddles, experienced better performance outcomes than teams and individuals who were not as touchy. And so what do we do? How do we apply this information to the church? And, and how, do we, how do we safely bring touch into our ministry moments and, and really making people feel valued and loved and special before God? Number one, um, define what a safe touch is to your team. Um, in our world and our culture today, we have to be very explicit. What are the safe zones that a handshake, um, that we don't just do a handshake, but when we, if you're watching by video, I shake with my right hand and I reach my left hand and I grab your forearm and I squeeze it. I'm going to give an extra touch. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to touch your shoulder and pat you on the shoulder. I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to define what are the safe zones of hands and and forearms and shoulders and, and backs, that it's that touch. It's that gentle touch uh, when you come up behind somebody and you want to get their attention, you lay your hand on their back and you and you get their attention. You're creating that that moment there. Secondly, create a culture of godly touch by your leadership team. We want our staff to be touching people, and it sounds weird. And if they ever took a a, a voice clip out of that. 
Um, you know, it could be twisted in our culture, but we want to be a touchy church, a godly touchy church. Can I put it that way? That we are we are touching people's arms, we're touching their shoulders, we're patting them on the back, we are giving them the encouragement and 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 just building within them uh, to know that they are supported. I'll never forget, it was about a year into the COVID thing, a single older woman came to church, and she came up in tears afterwards to me, and she said, Pastor, she said, I have not been physically touched or hugged by anyone in over 12 months. Today, I received nine hugs. She was feeling loved and valuable and 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 set apart there. When you're gathering your your pre-service teams and huddles that are going to be serving and ushering, just encourage them. Just that gentle hand on the back, that that handshake with the left hand coming in as well to reaffirm that grip that we're asking our people to touch people so that they feel warm, valued, loved and as a part of our family. Thirdly, use touch as a ministry connection and a transfer of power. Jesus was the master of a godly touch. And scripturally, we know and recognize that there is a when there is a person-to-person contact, there is a transfer of God's supernatural power. That Jesus said, we shall lay hands on the sick and we'll see them recover. And so in a I was having a coffee coffee talk meeting with another gentleman and and he begins to bear his soul and and I can tell he's he's going through some grief, he's going through some challenges and he was leaning forward on the table and I just reached over and I grabbed his forearm with my hand and I said, "I'm here for you. Um I can tell you're hurting." What was I doing? Just reaffirming with a simple touch. In crisis situation, it's not what you can say, but it's what you can do. It's, it's, it's being there and just holding them, hugging them. I'll never forget a, a, a major crisis that we went through many, many years ago in the church, and the mother and father were, were, just, were just shipwrecked. And I spent eight to 10 hours a day at their house. And as much as I could, I would stand behind the dad and Kim would stand behind or beside the mom. If Kim sat beside the mom, she would just put her hand on her knee. If I, if the dad was sitting, I would just stand behind him and put my hands on his back, just on his shoulders. I just wanted him to feel the support. I just wanted them to know that was there. We see that the parents brought the little children for Jesus to lay hands on them and to bless them. And we see that there is a supernatural release that happens when we touch people. I say to our members this way and to my leadership team, I say, just as we are physically um, physically able to uh, be contagious with a cold or a flu or a sniffle, that we are even greater than that, a thousand times greater than that, spiritually contagious. And one of the ways we impart the peace of God, the love of God, is through that gentle, godly touch. And then we want to use touch in the classroom setting to quiet, rowdy kids or youth. 
um, that classroom teacher knows that as she walks around the room or or maybe you're teaching that that class or or maybe you're teaching that group of of kids or children that if there's someone that's talking there's someone that's being a little rowdy you just gently walk through the room as you're sharing as you're teaching and you just stop and you place your hand on their shoulder while you continue to talk and and teach to everyone else you don't need to reprimand them you don't need to correct them that simple touch says I hear you, I see you, and I'm acknowledging that you are here. Because that's what the rowdy kid is doing. He's saying, I want attention. I want people to see me. And and i never forget as a youth pastor, I loved walking and teaching and being on the floor and teaching with, with uh, not on the stage, but, but if, if, some things were happening, I would just walk towards that section of teenagers and teach. And then maybe I'd just stand there and kind of lean on a teenager's shoulder with one hand and, and just saying, hey, I'm here. And you know what? It captured their attention. Number five, use touch to engage and connect with the crowd. Um, here's what I do, love to do on Sunday mornings is I will walk the auditorium prior to service starting. We've already got people in their seats and I'll just walk around and my goal is to greet them visually and eye to eye, greet them, but touch them as well. It might be that even once service has started and the music's going, that's a little bit difficult to talk, that I, as I'm walking up to my seat, that I'll touch touch uh, one of the guys on the back and and just kind of give a thumbs up. Good to see you. But I'm creating that touch moment. Get your staff godly touching and connecting with the crowd and uh, uh, just, just drawing them in. This is a person that cares. This is a person that loves. I want to listen to them. Number two, number six, use touch to encourage your team members. Use touch to encourage your team members. It's one thing to hear an encouraging word. It takes it up several notches when they're touched. So one of the things we've done as a as a lead team is periodically, maybe maybe just once or twice a year, we'll say, "Hey, let's. We just want to we want to take this time today to to just pray over one another and, and and just encourage one another." So we'll we'll put the chair in the middle of the group. And we'll ask people, our team, to gather around them and to, A, each of us give them a compliment, and then B, we pray over them. It's one thing to receive a compliment. It's another thing when somebody puts their hand on your shoulders and they look at you and they say, uh, thank you for investing in my life. I want you to know how much I love and appreciate the effort, the continual hard work and hard effort you do. Man, you're making a, a, a double impact there, not just verbally, but through the power of touch. And then lastly, number seven, apply the power of touch in your family relationships. Um, our children need to feel safe in mom and dad's arms. We need to have opportunities for them to, our kids to come sit on the, sit on our laps. For me, it's grandkids and, and just communicating through that touch that you are loved, you are protected, that you are safe. It's, uh, um, just being um, even with your teenage sons or daughters of just periodically going up and giving them a hug and expressing verbally your love and affirmation to them. So there you go. It's the Christmas holiday season. Give your church the gift of hugs. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. 
For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.